Hi, listeners. Dr. Amy Horneman here, aka The Thyroid Fixer and host of The Thyroid Fixer podcast. I'm here to tell you about my experience working with Rachel Varga one-on-one with my skin. I am a self-proclaimed anti-aging skincare addict, and I have spent thousands of dollars on the wrong skincare, always falling prey to those ads that promise to reduce your wrinkles and smooth your fine lines. Working with Rachel, I'm telling you, she is a guide. She takes your hand. She personalizes your entire skincare regimen, really looking at your skin and how it is and what your goals are. She listens to you. And that's the most important part of this journey. It's unlike anything I have ever experienced. In fact, there's nothing out there like it. Rachel is an angel in this world. She will absolutely transform your skin You will reach your goals of skincare, whether it's reducing wrinkles or clearing up acne or just looking good on camera. That's what I need. So head over to rachelvarga.ca and book your one-on-one consult with her. You will not regret it. It will be the best thing that you do for your skin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Rachel Varga, and we are live here on the Rachel Varga official Facebook page, the YouTube channel, and yeah, we are taking live questions regarding how to apply your sunless tanner, what type of sunscreen you should be using, how to prevent you know, pigmentation, photo aging on the face and the body. We're also going to be talking about some hair removal methods. These are all questions I'm getting asked all of the time right now especially in summer skin camp, which we just wrapped up round one. Round two is starting soon. You can register for that program at summerskincamp.com and all things at rachelvarga.ca. And while you're tuning on here, because this is a live stream, please leave your questions in the comment section so that we can answer your questions in real time. We are doing these shows for you so that you are getting answers to the questions that you have in regards to skin health, aging and possibly well, and you know, looking and feel, feeling good as a human in general. Welcome, Katie Type A, YouTuber, biohacker extraordinaire. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me back on. Uh, Rachel, it's so excited to be here with you today. Mm-hmm. And we have Linda joining us from the YouTube live stream. Hello, Linda. If you haven't yet met Katie, Katie is a regular here on the podcast and YouTube channel and in summer skin camp. We just have so much fun debunking, you know, beauty, health trends and all of that stuff. And we have a very fun and exciting idea for a biohacking device. How can we measure our radiance? We were just laughing about that earlier. (laughs) I'm all about that data-driven metric. So if it's like you walk in the room and it's like, you're on a four today, you better up your radiance somehow. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder, I think it would be along the lines of, you know, how do you measure that yoga glow, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's that's the next in the works for us. So Katie Type A, self-proclaimed biohacker. I love you. You just give honest reviews on different biohacking technologies out there on your YouTube channel. So go ahead and subscribe to to Katie. Linda says a good afternoon. Nice good to afternoon. Meet you. Nice to meet you too, Linda. Okay. In this episode, we are going to cover all things sunscreen, sunless tanners, how to apply your sunless tanner. That is a big one. 
I'm getting asked literally every single day, how do you apply your sunblock tanner so that you don't look like you have streaks all over you or orange knees or elbows? So don't worry, I'm gonna give you all of my secrets. I've been a self-tanning, self-professed self-tanning junkie since probably the age of 10. And yes, I have had those very awkward gym moments in middle school, high school where my legs were orange and I had streaks. So that's not okay in adulthood. We gotta we gotta look 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 on point. So applying your sunless tanner, I would say, is a part of adulting, just knowing how to do it properly because you know, someone like myself and you, Katie, we don't we can't tan to save our life. So we do have to fake it a little bit. We're gonna talk also about how to get the right amount of sun to make sure that you are getting the benefits of say, for example, vitamin D synthesis, which is strongly linked to our immune system and obviously cancer protection. So that's what we're gonna be covering in this episode here, which is super fun. And if you're enjoying this content, please be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe on the podcast and leave a review. I'd love to hear more from you what you'd like to learn more about, what you're enjoying so far, because trust me, when I hear from you, you send me an email at info at rachelvarga.ca, tell me what you're enjoying. It just warms my heart and it makes my day. So Katie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, thank you so much again for the introduction. I am Katie. Uh, you can find me on YouTube and Instagram at Katie Type A. And yeah, I've been doing biohacking, you know, kind of a self-proclaimed biohacker for almost three years now, sort of went down the rabbit hole of really trying to optimize my own gut health, my brain health, and found Bulletproof, went down that train. And, um, you know, a couple of years later, I decided to leave my corporate nine to five job and pursue YouTube full time where I'm doing honest, real, raw product reviews of all sorts of gizmos and gadgets. I actually just sent away my biome test today. I'm uh, testing out a new wearable device, trying to help people spend their money wisely because you know the last thing you want to do is take your hard-earned money and spend it on stuff that's not going to work. You really want to be able to test things and get the metrics that you're looking for to optimize your own health. And so that's really the name of the game for me um, is helping people make the right decisions, right purchasing decisions to help um, with uh, their overall, you know, kind of health journey and their goals. Amen, sister. So you got the biohacking <laughs> side of things and I got the beauty and regenerative aesthetic medicine side of stuff. And yes, we're in the age of testing, not guessing. You've heard about me talk about that many, many times. So I always like to ask everyone that joins the show live here, what is radiance to you? Oh, yeah. Radiance to me, honestly, is... That glow that you see when somebody walks in the room, when the when they light up a room. And I think about it in the context of my mom, my grandmother. These were two fiercely powerful, independent women who would walk in a room and everybody would just kind of stop talking. You know, they have this effervescent glow and it's not about, you know, paying the most for skincare. It's not, it's about the whole person. It's about the spirit, the energy that they give off, the beauty that comes from within, of course, on the outside too, because they were just two gorgeous women. And, you know, it's, um, it's really about embodying the sense of beauty and confidence 
that can really help inspire people. So for me, that's Radiance in a nutshell. Oh, I love it. And I've actually had the pleasure of meeting your mom and what a wonderful woman. You, you could tell, you can just feel her, the vivat, like the vi vitality and um, mm -hmm. the vigor that comes from her just by talking to her. Yeah. She, she's one of those people that, you know, and I think this is another part of radiance when you just need that little boost of energy, who do you call on? You are one of those people, Rachel. And Aww. my mom is one of those people. And there are certain women in my life and, and men too, that just, really do it for you and can give you that like boost of energy or confidence when you need it most. And so that is, you know, just their radiance kind of coming through. Mm -hmm. I think that's fantastic. We just had a comment come through live. Uh, where can we get more information? So if you're catching the replay and you want to ask me a question after this recording is completed, just send me an email. You can email me directly, info at rachelvarga.ca. I'm here to take your questions and help help each of each and every one of you out as best I can. So talking about our mothers, yes, my mom just celebrated her 66th birthday and I shared an adorable little backyard gathering um, with hand sanitizer on the table in case you didn't notice it uh, <laughs> recently. And, and uh, you know, it kind of like, takes a radiant woman to make another radiant woman. Mm -hmm. So yeah, our, our mothers are very special to us. So that's really important just to acknowledge sort of like the women that we come from and, and all of that. So on to more serious matters, let's dive into the topic of hyperpigmentation. So I know you have a ton of questions to ask me, so go for it. Let's have you take over the show. Yeah, I am. Um, I just, you know, you you constantly read and hear about hyperpigmentation, and it's just one of those things that I would love to kind of get it to the core of. So, at a very fundamental level, could you just kind of explain to us what is it and what causes hyperpigmentation of the skin? Mm -hmm. Some skin types are going to be prone to a little bit more hyper hyperpigmentation than others. And also what I've learned about most recently in discussion with various health experts is hyperpigmentation can be a sign of a blockage in specific detoxification pathways. Very interesting. That is actually, I believe I did that recording with Beth O'Hara about a month or two ago. And this was, you know, just coming down the pipeline. So if you are notice, noticing an increase in liver spots, brown spots, melasma, I do encourage you to, to, you know, even do some testing of what's going on in your body. Uh, if you have already heard me talk about this, if you go to toolboxgenomics.com forward slash Rachel, you're able to get 10% off of your test kit. And so just see what's going on in the background in your body. Also, one of the key factors to creating pigment in the skin is something called melanin. And when we go through different experiences in our lives, say, for example, we are having children or we're going through menopause, there can be an overproduction of melanin in the skin, which comes from the melanocytes, and that can actually create more pigmentation. So there are some very cool ways to reduce that overproduction of melanin in the skin using some supplements. I'm shaking a, a brightening skin formula here, which contains a number of different antioxidants, superoxide dismutase, 
and also a specific enzyme derived from a tomato, which is pretty cool. Tomatoes are, yes, and some people link to creating higher rates of inflammation. But however, with this specific enzyme, it is shown to reduce the overproduction of melanin in the skin. And at the same time, you're loading your body up with antioxidants. So we're going to talk about getting safe sun exposure. And I do recommend actually taking antioxidants internally to bump up your innate sun protection. So why do we get hyperpigmentation? It's from the melanin in our skin. Someone like Katie, you're more prone to freckling, right? Mm -hmm. For myself, I'm more prone to burning and then getting these, you know, tiny sunspots. And we all just kind of age a bit differently. Our skin reacts to the sun a bit differently. So if you have any questions, just book a call with me at uh, rachelvarga.ca and just ask me your skin questions so I can help you figure out what you're going to be more prone to in regards to how you're going to respond to the sun. But there are ways to mitigate hyperpigmentation. And we're going to talk about, I, I believe you're going to ask me that next. Yeah. Before we um, actually get to that one, I do want to just address freckling for a quick second, because it's something I've had my whole life. I've had less freckles on my face, but many more in my body. And I do notice that come the summer months, either the freckles get darker or there's just more of them. Are they a sign of aging or, you know, kind of maybe you could just walk us through like why more sun exposure would cause a, in a prolific amount of freckles on your body. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I'll see a bit of a disjointedness between the amount of pigmentation on the face versus off of the face. And that's usually related to we have mineral-based sun protection. You should be using mineral-based sunscreens. This is super critical to move away from the chemical sunscreen filters. They mess with our hormones, they kill our coral reefs, they get into our water supply and many other things. Those are just the top three reasons why you need to avoid chemical sunscreens. So for, for, for our faces, you know, we're putting moisturizers on, we're putting antioxidant serums on, we're putting mineral-based sunscreens, probably some mineral-based makeup as well. So we tend to take better care of the face. But then what happens is we, we take less care of our neck, our chest, and our arms. So that's oftentimes why, why I will actually see more pigmentation off of the face than on the face. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, let's dive into kind of like the how to course correct and what are some ways that we can actually prevent this hyperpigmentation and all of these sunspots that you might get during the summer. Mm -hmm. We did a deep dive on this in the summer skin camp. So if you do want to learn more about specific sun care tips, I do recommend you go to summerskincamp.com and register for round two that's happening. How much fun did you have in the program? It was such a blast. And it was, it really opened my eyes to just so many other factors that go beyond skincare, nutrition, you know, everything from fasting and genetics, like you covered the basis and had some of the most renowned health experts, you know, Cynthia Thurlow was just phenomenal with her, with talking about the proper ways to intermittent fast. I just learned so much and I think spots are filling up. So make sure you guys sign up now. And, uh, and yeah, I can't wait to see everybody there. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is basically for each topic, I'll spend like an hour or two talking about. So this is just like a breezing through, but there's so much to know. So that's just a great resource for you to uh, take part in. A lot of people will do a consultation with me and do summer skin camp, 
or vice versa. And there's tons of bonuses for people that register at Summer Skin Camp. Talking about pigmentation and freckles, we just had a comment from Linda. Freckles are cute. Well, they're cute when you're in your 20s and 30s, not so cute when you're in your 60s and 70s. <laughs> and this is just straight from the mouths of the men and women that I work with. And one of the trends right now is actually doing pigmentation uh, tattooing with freckles. And my concern about that is, well, what's going to happen to the color of the pigment as that person ages is it going to go gray is it going to go kind of like this weird auburn color i don't think that's a good idea if you want to get the cute freckles put your mineral based sunscreen on your makeup and then just fake it with like an eyeliner or something like that i don't recommend you do that and so these are trends that you want to avoid but they are cute when you're younger yes i will give you that but then they, um, <laughs> it is so yeah. ironic because I can't even tell you how many years of my life I spent trying to get rid of my freckles. And now it's like, Oh, they're, they're in style. And I'm like, where were y'all back in the nineties? Come on. <laughs> yeah. All right. So talking about preventing hyperpigmentation, well, this is going to come as no surprise. You got to follow a basic skincare routine. My like, key cornerstones to good skin, cleansing morning and night, moisturizing morning and night, using a really solid medical grade mineral based sunscreen with both zinc and titanium to give, you know, not that white cast, but just like a really nice tinted glow. This is the one that I know you're using as well. Mm -hmm. And it's a face primer, sheer tin, antioxidant. Uh, if you have any questions about which products are going to be right for you, just send me a quick email. And then, of course, you want to be exfoliating a few times a week also. So that's going to help to, like, stabilize and protect your skin. Also, one of my favorite sunscreens for the body is, like, an ultra zinc product. I do love this one. Uh, on my Instagram, I actually filmed a video of me putting it on my leg. And you could see just how beautifully it absorbed. So this one, again, is a chemical filter-free sunscreen. It's a zinc oxide 20% SPF 40. I love this one. I'll even keep this product in my purse with me and use it as my hand cream. So to get access to those products, just book a call with me, send me an email, info at rachelvarga.ca, and I'll get you set up with that. Another way to prevent pigmentation in the summer is to use different antioxidant serums. This is gonna give you a layer of antioxidant protection. It's like applying your multivitamins on the surface of the skin. What they do is they gobble up the free radicals that are uh, basically created in the skin from the UVA, UVB, and also our blue light. You can also take sort of like an internal antioxidant supplement to give you that sun protection from the inside out. I burn like nothing. I gotta have my sunscreen. I gotta have my antioxidants uh, for that internal protection so that I can actually enjoy my time outside and not worry about frying. So if I'm gonna be, if I know, for example, I'm gonna be going outside and for example, we went, um, you know, spent some time by the river recently and I knew I was gonna get sun that day. So I just really ramped up my antioxidant use a couple of days before making sure I didn't forget to take them leading up to it. The day of, I took my sunscreen with me, I reapplied as often as I needed it. But the really nice mineral-based medical grade sunscreens, they last longer than some of the chemical filters that yes, cost less, but you have to apply more. And there are other ways to reduce pigmentation. For example, dermal rolling is a great option. So I'm gonna show you my super bougie gold roller here. This is a 0.2 millimeter product. If you're wanting to avoid plastics, 
The gold roller is a great option. Uh, there's no plastics, anything like that. This is uh, coming from a company that's made rollers since the 90s. You don't just want to be getting these uh, rollers willy-nilly off YouTube or anything like that. So I can uh, help you get your hands on these. And then this is a point one roller. So no scary needles. This is a good one to start with. Then do a point two, then do a point three, um, maybe even a point five once or twice a week. So lots to know about the, about rolling. So that's a whole other um, topic. So once you've rolled the skin, you've created these sort of columns of dermal injury, and then your skin is better able to receive your actives. So one of the, the key properties of copper peptide is it tends to inhibit the overproduction of melanin in the skin. So you've created these channels of injury in the skin, and then you apply your products and they are absorbing transdermally, not just topically, which is really, really cool. So we copper peptides, uh, if you've ever <laughs> read the book Superhuman by Dave Asprey, there's like this whole section on copper peptide helps promote healing. And then you can also uh, put on in, in different products that are designed to be used with dermal rolling, things like glutathione, vitamin B complex, vitamin A or retinol, uh, lactic acid, hyaluronic acid, all these things. But you have to use products that are designed for your skin. You got to stabilize your skin first expose your skin to the actives, then rolling. So there's a lot to know. So I basically walk people through it when they book a call with me. But that's a really great at-home option to reduce your pigmentation. And then in clinic, there's tons of treatments that obviously um, aren't right for everybody. So I don't want to be doing any blanket statements, but there are some really great laser options to reduce redness, broken capillaries, brown spots, and just rejuvenate the skin and create collagen. That is some fascinating science, Rachel. I did not know about the copper peptide factor with um, melanin, and I, that just kind of blows my mind. Like I was using copper peptides sort of willy nilly, thinking like, well, they're good for like anti aging and you know helping with like just overall my skin looking and feeling better. Like I knew they were working, but I didn't realize quite the extent of that um, that hyperpigmentation kind of modality that they were working on. So that is just really great stuff. Oh, I love, I love when you just drop nuggets of wisdom like that. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And on these uh, sort of like public free calls, I don't get into the specifics that I will in a one-on-one -on -one or in summer skin camp for obvious reasons, because there's a lot that you need to know to do these things properly, but you really just want to be careful with the actives. Like where's your source of getting your copper peptide? Is it manufactured by some somewhere that's been making it for years and that has done research on their final product to make sure that that active is actually stable and it's doing what it needs to be doing for promoting cell signaling and uh, happy and healthy cells. Absolutely. So, um, just to kind of like, you know, thinking about my own routine, and I'm sure a lot of people are kind of going through this right now where it's beautiful out, it's summer, and what, you know, I want to get outside, but I obviously don't want some of the harmful effects of UV damage and overexposure. So what would be your daily recommendation for somebody to get a little bit of sun exposure, you know, maybe even without some sunscreen? Um, to gradually start to tan, and tan is a very loose word in my opinion, uh, based on my skin type. But how how could somebody, you know, would would it be a five minute, ten minute a day without sunscreen, 
um, to kind of create that gradual like darkening of, of your skin color um, without obviously suffering some of the, the ramifications of um, overexposure of UV? Sure. Well, skin changes such as getting a tan is actually a form of sun damage, right? Your body's making more melanin to protect itself. And I don't know who started to tell people, oh, I'm going to go to the tanning beds and I got to get myself a base tan. Trust me, I did the tanning beds when I was like 18 to 20. I have no idea why it was legal for people under 19 to do. And I've had a number of precancerous skin lesions removed from my body. I'm a Fitzpatrick skin type two. I have to be on it. I have next month a full body scan booked with a local skin specialist dermatologist to really keep an eye on my, my lesions because skin cancer is one of those common types of cancers and they can actually metastasize into other types of cancer. So just a PSA. However, in an ideal world, what this would look like for daily exposure to sun in an unprotected way would be 10 to 15 minutes first thing in the morning, have your coffee, have your tea, your water, whatever your drink of choice is, hang outside naked for a good 10, 15 minutes, get that full body exposure. And then you can also do that in the evening as well, when the UVA rays and UVB rays are at their lowest. Also a thing that I like to do, I mean, obviously I don't hang outside naked <laughs> in the morning and evening. Oh, you don't? <laughs> I don't actually. But I will throw on my bathing suit at the end of the day and just make sure that I get that as much of my body exposed as possible in like that period of time. And also when I get ready, I like to get ready near a window so that I get the light coming into my eyes because we're learning more and more about these pathways of, um, you know, hormone regulation and all sorts of really cool things that can happen when we actually let the light hit our eyes unfiltered. And you've probably even heard of a lot of ancient cultures talking about sun gazing, right? It's that, that magical hour when the sun is setting and you're just wanting to just take in the beauty of that sunset, do it. I love it. I, it's just a way to ground, but you're also benefiting your eyes and your body, but maybe just don't look like directly at the sun. That's why they call it sun gazing. They're sort of like looking off because you don't want to burn your retina and things like that. So that's the way you would do it is you'd get about 10 or 15 minutes first thing in the morning, first thing in the evening, let some of that light get in your eyes without your contacts or your glasses on. And we just had a question come through from Tina. Tina, I want you to send me an email at info at rachelvarga.ca because this is a, a question I get all of the time. Uh, you are of a darker skin type, you're Spanish descent. This is why I didn't make a blanket statement as to certain lasers are beneficial for certain skin types. So this uh, is definitely important for you to kind of know the risks associated with some options. So that's not why I'm getting into specifics because I don't want someone of your skin type to then go and get something and it's not right for you. So there's definitely things that you should be aware of with your skin type. So please send me an email and I will get you all, um, you know, we'll, I'll get you registered for a one-on-one -on -one session with me and I'll answer all of your questions. But that's when I get all the time, but we're not gonna focus on that today. So did I cover everything in this question that you wanted me to go over? 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I will just say one thing that uh, a big takeaway that I got from the summer skin camp was about, you know, taking those first 10, 15 minutes and just going outside without makeup. And I have been doing that consistently for the last month and my energy levels in the morning have spiked. And I can't help but think it's from that grounding, it's from the fresh air and from the sunlight in my eyes. I just feel more awake and I'm actually drinking a lot less caffeine than I used to. So that is a really good metric for me to look at. So it's something is clearly working on that front. <laughs> I love it. Actually, right before this interview, I wrapped up another one with Dr. Robin Benson, super powerful interview loved what that woman is sharing in regards to the future of regenerative medicine and anti-aging. That's a must listen. What I did though, I went outside, put my feet on the ground. My hubby came out and hung out with me, drank some water, appreciated the beauty around me. If you're feeling like you have that afternoon, like lull, or you're kind of tired, do some breath work, get outside, put your feet on the ground. You'd be surprised how much more impactful that is as opposed to, you know, having a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's a nice little, that's a nice little tip for you guys here. And breathwork can sometimes be as stimulating as a cup of coffee. Trust oh, yeah. me. Ooh, yeah. that Wim Hof boy. Anyway, we could go down that rabbit hole, but we'll save that for another episode. Um, but in, uh, in back to seriousness, um, so something that I, that's kind of been a, a strange ailment for me this past summer probably because I've been getting a lot more sun exposure, especially being in quarantine, is this itchiness that I get on my shoulders and sometimes on my legs. And I've noticed it happens after I've had prolonged exposure to sun. And I'm still using sunscreen. It's just, I noticed that I am starting to itch. So A, is this normal? And B, is there some at-home remedy I can do? Because I've been trying to put all the creams on and nothing seems to be working. You're also taking some new supplements. I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some medications and supplements can make you more photosensitive. Certain antibiotics will make you more photosensitive. Certain birth controls will make you more photosensitive. And certainly certain supplements could do that as well. So if you're noticing you're going outside and you are getting a little bit itchy, it's probably something that you're taking. Got it. Yeah. I just started a new course of like omegas and zinc and copper and, you know, things I haven't taken previously. So I'll have to look into that and maybe start to do like an elimination of those supplements and see if anything changes. Mm -hmm. That's a good, good point. Or however, you might be getting such a benefit from these supplements that you're taking because you're tracking what's going on, but the sensitivity to sun just might be kind of like, uh, but that, that benefit to what you're doing for your body just might be outweighing that. Also, when people have low internal vitamin A levels, vitamin A is a very powerful antioxidant. It's used in a lot of skincare products as like that nighttime retinol cream. Just be careful how you use your retinol. I do recommend just book a call with me. I'll get you set up with, you know, making sure that you stabilize your skin first and then add the retinol. Don't do it the other way around, like how so many people mistake uh, with their dermal rolling protocols and things like that. But I remember hearing a dermatologist talk about how in the the young women that they were helping that had skin cancers, they had low levels of internal vitamin A. We get a lot of vitamin A internally from like a lot of leafy greens and there's lots of foods that you can just do a quick Google search that are high in vitamin A. That can give you an internal innate protection 
uh, as antioxidants against oxidative stress and free radicals, which when you have a lot of antioxidants on board, it is going to give your skin and your body in general the best chance to counteract any type of oxidative stress, whether it's pollution, UV damage, damage from our blue light and other things that can be sort of messing around with the uh, natural mechanisms of what's going on inside. That's actually a really good point, Rachel, because I have changed up my diet a little bit in the last couple of weeks. I've been doing a semi-carnivore diet and have been eating a lot less leafy greens, much more high protein, high fat. So maybe, I mean, would this be something that maybe I could just even um, supplement with a vitamin A supplement, or is that something you think I should just get naturally from food? Do you think that you're eating the right way for your body? Or do you think that this is a signal that your body's telling you that that diet might not necessarily be right for you? <laughs> I think you might have just answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a biohacker, so I'm always experimenting. And yeah. this is good data, though, because this is saying, hey, your body is maybe not responding in the way that it should be. So maybe it's time to back off. So yeah, I think like I'm, thank you. We're, we're maybe going to start to have some, some spit, spinach this afternoon, but yeah. So I think you, it, this is, but this is great because people do go on and off different diets seasonally. And I think that this is a good wake up call. If you are starting to notice some patterns in your body that are not right, or they feel a little off, listen to your body, right? Like, I mean, that's one of the things that you stand by a hundred percent. It's so important don't just do things because it's popular right now or because somebody told you to do it, do it because it feels right. So well, what you just said, oh, I'm eating like a high protein, low carb diet. Well, if you look at how people in the blue zone areas of the world are aging, these are pockets of the world where there are groups of people that are living into their hundreds, right? And so physicians are looking at, well, why are they living such a long, healthy, vibrant life. And the funny thing is, they're not following that type of low carb, high protein diet. They're actually, it's the opposite. They're eating less meat, actually just maybe a couple of times a month, which might be once or twice a week. They're eating more carbohydrates. However, the flour that is in those carbohydrates is a cleaner flour. It doesn't have the same type of genetically modified seeds or pesticides. So for example, if you are, you know, getting your flour from Italy versus getting your flour from somewhere in the USA, obviously those are going to be different qualities of, of flours, right? So if you, I mean, I'm heterozygous for gluten sensitivity. So I, and I know that because I did some gene testing. I was biohacking myself. I did that cute little cheap swab live in summer skin camp. Super easy to do these tasks. This is different from like 23andMe and, and all this stuff, Ancestry, uh, because these companies aren't sharing your, your data with other partners that they work with. So toolboxgenomics.com forward slash Rachel is uh, where you can get your hands on some of those panels. You can just order them for yourself. Anyways, when you start to look at the quality of the flour, maybe you can actually tolerate a little bit more carbohydrate and gluten in your diet. I can't eat just like a high protein diet. When I eat a lot of meat, um, typically if you're not getting like really expen more expensive, locally grown, pesticide, hormone-free meats, you're getting a lot of additional hormones, which is linked to higher rates of cancer in your body. 
from eating a higher protein diet. I do way better when I have maybe like eggs instead, like local eggs from the farm across the street, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I really want to have my own chickens as well. And then I fry up those eggs with like some local Swiss chard from my garden, arugula, kale, put in some, you know, nice cherry tomatoes, sun-dried tomatoes, fried up in a little grass-fed butter. I'm satiated all day. And yeah, that is actually low carb, but I'm getting a lot of greens. So you just won't need to eat in a way that's right for you. So maybe how you're eating isn't working for you. I might just have to come over to your house for breakfast. <laughs> that, that sounds phenomenal. Yeah, please come and visit me as soon as you possibly can. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, California is great, but I hear Vancouver is the place to be right now. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So we talked about itching to your skin mm -hmm. and just, just tune in to the fact that if you are getting outside and you're getting kind of like rashy, why is that? Is it a supplement you're taking? Is it a medication you're taking? Yeah, really good stuff. So let's switch gears to um, sunless tanners and something that I too, in my early teens, got the orange streaks and my mom was like, what are you doing? Um, so now that I'm an adult, like what do you have any recommendations for what types of products we should be looking at? Because you walk into your normal pharmacy, oh boy, it is just like a madness. You know, there's so many options. Mm -hmm. And also, I I uh, hadn't been in a pharmacy in a while, so I did. And I was like, I'm just gonna like look at some of the ingredients and some of these over the counter products. Chocker blocked full of parabens and you know a neutrogena product. And then I also found a sunscreen that was pediatrician recommended, and it had all three of the chemical sunscreen filters that you don't want to be putting on your body, let alone putting and slathering all over your poor kids. Yeah, it's because there's no regulation on that. You know, you can put like natural pediatrician recommended, you know, because one pediatrician recommended it, you know, it's like, there's really no regulation. And that's something that you always come back to, you know, with with your, um, you know, with everything you talk about is how we have to be smarter consumers on that front. Yeah, so I picked up the, the so this was, this was it. Oh, so gosh. It's a banana yeah. for kids. And I don't know how well you can read that. But it has all of the sunscreen you don't want versus zinc, mm -hmm. awesome, and zinc and titanium. So start paying, paying attention to this stuff, guys. Uh, Hawaii in, I think, 2021 or 2022 is going to be banning those sunscreens. When people are doing tours, the ship captains are saying you're not allowed to bring that one on board anymore, which, which is fantastic. So it does kind of have to come from, like, the local level. Um, and by you supporting products and not supporting other products and just start to tune into the, the marketing. All right. So self tanning products. Um, this one's one of my favorites. So this is a self tanning lotion. I'm obsessed. I actually came across this product when I visited um, Europe a couple of years ago and there was this beautiful woman. I was like, man, what self tanning product? She's, she looks hot. And of all the places in the world, the self-tanning product comes from Ireland. No, it doesn't. I don't believe the land of the white. No, 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 no. Are you kidding me? Yeah. My people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here in Canada, meanwhile, it's like, yeah. anyways, uh, so we got to fake it a little bit and there's nothing wrong with that to get that, that healthy looking glow. But 
some of the things that you, you really need to be aware of is when you're using these self-tanning products that you've used in the past, how stinky are they, right? When they smell really bad, it's probably not a good idea. When they're fragranced so much, it's usually to mask certain smells and toxins in the product. Probably not a good idea. So you have to pay attention to what you put on your skin. So these are certified organic self-tanning products. There is the self-tan lotion. This one is just fantastic. I love this one. So you can apply this one with your hands, which is great and super easy. And then there's also the mousse. And if you have any questions about these products, just send me an email and I'll get you hooked up. And then this is the self-tanning mousse. And how you apply the mousse is, we're gonna get into application in just a sec here, is actually with uh, an exfoliating mitt and glove. So these are, these are really nice, clean products that I've used for the last, I think, three years myself. And there's also a lovely moisturizing self-tanning oil. So I am an approved distributor for these products. Just send me an email and I'll get you set up with exactly what you need. The mousse makes you a little bit darker than the, um, than the tanning lotion oil does. And then the face oil is just nice because we exfoliate and cleanse our face a little bit more frequently than the rest of our body. So we tend to lose the tan there a bit faster. So yeah, I, I just uh, wanted to share some of my favorite self tanning products. I definitely, I definitely swear by these ones. Yeah. And I have not seen those anywhere. So that is definitely, and this is what's so great about you, Rachel. It's like you go on the hunt, you find these amazing products abroad, you then bring them back and you share them with the world. And it's so, you know, it's, but you know, you have to like, it's so important to like reach out and, and really kind of get you to kind of walk us through the products too, which is something I really, really um, admire because it's, you know, it, it's hard to like figure out how to do the self tanning thing just by watching one or two YouTube videos. Cause it, it's really different. It's, you know, it, it can be, um, it can be a lot that you, you put on your skin and then once you overdo it, it's not a great result. So, um, so that's great that we covered products. And then I definitely want to switch gears to talk a little bit more about the application process. And I'm not expecting like a full demo here. Um, <laughs> that would be a episode. <laughs> um, but I would love if you you could just kind of give us a couple of highlights on properly applying it because there are a lot of ways to improperly apply it. And I am definitely one of those who have guilty of that. <laughs> so I'll just start this conversation off with it's not rocket science. All right. <laughs> you just gotta, you know, prep your body, exfoliate well. So I, I have a really great facial scrub that you can even use on your body as well. Uh, this particular mitt also can be used to exfoliate and apply your products, which is fabulous so that you end up using the exfoliation part of the mitt to get off any excess buildup of previous self-tanner. So the areas where we tend to get a little bit darker after using a self-tanner, your hands, your cuticles, your nail beds, um, sort of the white of the nail, your knuckles, the inside of your elbow, the outside of your elbow, uh, sort of like the bra line here, uh, also the bikini zone, the knees, the toes around the sides of the feet and the ankle and the back of the heel. So you want to make sure that you exfoliate all of those areas. And I like to actually put myself tanner on while I'm still a bit like humid. I won't fully dry myself. I will apply one of my favorite uh, body oils. 
onto, you know, my knees, elbows, those areas that I mentioned, so I don't get an accumulation of product. And so the, the oil you can apply with your hands, the, the mousse, you got to use the mitt. And what I do is I don't actually even apply anything on my hands. After I've applied to the products, I will wash my hands thoroughly. And I'll make sure I don't like splash any water on my body so I don't get like drip marks. And there's so many like little nuances. I'm just going to share them all in this, yes. in this episode because awesome. I'm getting asked all of the time, how do I apply my Somos Tanner? Because I, f- I feel like I figured it out. <laughs> it only took me like tw- 15 years. Better late than never. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyways, uh, you do need to really wash your hands well afterwards. So I'll scrub, you know, my cuticles, all that, my knuckles, my wrists here. And then what I'll do is I'll kind of like just pat the inside of my arms to get a little bit of deposit here so you don't get like a line of tanner, no tanner. And then I'll take the back of my hands and I'll go like on my back and things like that. And then I'll put a little bit of my, my favorite moisturizer actually on my hands and kind of rub that in and even on my feet too. So that little extra step after you've applied everything helps to blend things out. And I usually go uh, my face, I'll do my face, neck and chest first. So I'll put on uh, my, my eye cream. If, I'm, if I have a couple breakouts, I'll put on my acne serum or spot treatment. And then I'll put the products on my face first, including my neck, the back of my neck, all over the chest, the ears, into the hairline a little bit. Then I'll do my legs. So I'll do my legs and then I'll do my back. Then I'll do my abdomen. Then I'll do my arms. The reason why I don't do my torso first is because then you have to bend over and do your legs. And if you've ever experienced this where you have wet wet self-tanner on your stomach, then you bend over. I mean, all of us have a couple rolls, right? When we bend over, a little skin folding. And what you don't want is to have like a line of self-tanner or when you, the worst is when you start sweating, when you put your self-tanner on, especially because oh, yeah. you're doing this in the summertime where you get out of the shower or the bath, you're a bit humid. And you're like, oh, geez, it's getting kind of hot. So what I'll do is I'll put my products on and then I have this cute little like silk kimono I got from this cute store locally here. I've had it forever. And then I'll just kind of like dry off and stay cool because you don't want to start sweating after you've put your products on uh, so that you don't get any streaks and things like that. So just try and like stay cool for about, you know, just be cool for like 15 minutes. Just chill out. Just chill. Yeah. Like don't blow dry your hair and add like more heat and steam to the bathroom. Anyways, maybe these are just my problems. I hope. (laughs) No, girl, I I feel you 100%. And I was going to say, like, I used to, like, after putting them on, um, I would go over to a fan and I'd stand in front of a fan. Is that recommended? Okay, cool, cool. Brilliant. Yeah, that that definitely does the trick. Um, And then how long should you wait before putting clothes back on? Mm, What I'll usually do is I'll do my self-tanner. I'll throw my kimono on. I'll make sure I'm, like, cooled down then I'll do my makeup so I'll put my moisturizers on my sunscreen I'll do my makeup and then if you end up like blow drying your hair after you've just put your your tanner on like you'll get kind of hot again you might get your hair if you have as much hair as I do uh it might just like start like sticking to your back and then you get yourself tanner I really hope I'm not the only person that 
is having these issues. <laughs> you are not alone. You are okay. not alone. I'm sure of it. I'm sure like if you are out there and you're listening, leave a comment and tell us that that we're not the only crazy ones with self-tanner problems. But we all saw, I don't know if you saw the, the J-Lo uh, wedding planner movie back in like the 90s where the girl does this horrible like self-tanner experiment right before her wedding. Yes, Do you remember that? Yes, yeah. and I had an experience like this too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we've all been there. <laughs> right. JLo has that happen. I think, you know, we're it's safe to say everyone's had it. <laughs> okay, let's just like have some fun here for a second. Who remembers Mystic Tan? Oh my God, I don't even know that one. Maybe I'm I a couple of years. I got a couple of years on you. So one of my best friends and I in high school for like our high school Christmas party. We're like, we're gonna look high. We're gonna get these self tanners done. So you go in this booth and it sprays you. There's a hilarious episode of Ross from Friends getting the self tanner. Please tell me you've seen that yes. because you should be cracking up. Okay, I really hope that there's you know some people going on their walk, listening to this podcast, and they just start <laughs> cracking up. Yes, I know I will. It's, it's so funny. And like, also, I love that you did it at Christmas time. Like, what? Like, you were just going to show up to the party and be like, look at I got super tan. I don't know what I was thinking. Okay. All right. Stop. Anyway. Laughing. Anyway. Yes. Laughing. No, we've all had those crazy tanning experiences. And then, okay. So this is one actually now that but then it was orange. Like it didn't turn out well. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, put this barrier cream on your feet. And so you don't get streaks. Well, I streaks. It was patchy. And then right before my wedding, bless her heart. One of my best friend, Sandy, she, I stayed over at her house and I before my wedding. She's like, Rachel, I'm going to get you this awesome organic spray tan. So this, this woman shows up, she's got this booth, she sprays you, sweet, done, dry, hang out your kimono, don't sweat, have a cocktail, have some fun with it. But then what I noticed was, uh, then I went to Hawaii afterwards and my wedding dress had actually chafed a little bit of the self-tanner off. So here I am trying to look hot in my bikini with my hubby on on our you know honeymoon and i got this like patchiness happening here that's Ooh. not cool so if you are wanting to travel and keep up your tan make sure you take your exfoliation mitt with you so that you can reapply your sunless tanner maybe like day three day four because if you're swimming a lot it's going to rub off a bit more and then have the same product that you that you started with to reapply and I, I like if I if I could do it again, I would just stick with the product that I loved to prep my skin before my holiday and then take it with me so that I could still continue to maintain it and that not have any of this like patchiness situation. Yeah, that's a really good point. And since we've already now gone down the rabbit hole of course correcting the self tanner like, you know, scenario where you look a little too orange or there's patchiness, do you have any at home remedies like quick tips? that you can apply if you accidentally overdo it. Okay, I feel a little embarrassed now that I've shared like my biggest self-tanning woes. <laughs> I love it. I think this is real and raw, raw and honest, Rachel. This no, is you bring as it real as it gets. You bring it out of me. Okay, so had a, had a course correct? Hello, exfoliation mitt. You gotta scrub that off. Go ahead, try YouTube. Try and Google how to get rid of your sunless tanner. It's super simple. You just scrub it off. 
You can buy these self-tan erasers. Trust me, I think I've made every mistake in the book. That's why I know I'm gonna help some lovely soul out there to avoid the mishaps I've made. So with these sunless tanner erasers, they're just full of chemicals, right? When really all you need to do is simply just exfoliate off the excess product and you want to do that. You really want to make sure that you're exfoliating off old sunless tanner product from areas of your wrists, your elbows, your knees, your bikini zone, your heels, all of that. So that's really how you're gonna how you're gonna achieve that course correction and get you back on track. Gotta just do it the hard and natural way. <laughs> Same way it went on. Um, and so, how often should you be actually using sunless tanners? Is this something you do weekly, daily, monthly? Well, it depends. Right before Christmas. <laughs> well, it depends kind of how like hot you want to look, right? So mm. if you're just like cruising through the week, oh, it's okay. Okay, the weekend rolls around. Now I, I want to like look really great. I want to kind of go out, hang out, show off my legs a little bit more. I like to use it on like um, a Thursday or Friday night. And I usually will just use it once a week and do a full body exposure. And you can throughout the week use sort of like the, the moisturizing facial tan oil to maintain your color throughout the week on the face. That's what I typically like to do. Um, during the fall winter months, I kind of ease off on my sunless tanner application so that you don't look like you just got back from a holiday. So you look kind of like the rest of the people. But during the summer, I cannot tan to save my life. So if I don't put sunless tanner on, I'm like that like alabaster person that you're like, they must not get out much. So I know, I, no, I'm, I'm kind of serious, right? It's like, it, I cannot tan. Like I can yeah. try, but I'll just burn. So I, I kind of have to fake it a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, I fake it till you make it. You know, that's kind of my motto when it, when it comes to sunless tanners, for sure. Keep um, it organic, keep it clean though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and then after you use sunless tanner, what what is your protocol for sun exposure? Because I, I'm not entirely sure how the two interact with each other. Uh, could the, the extra sun like cause it to get darker, lighter? You know, maybe you can walk us through that. It shouldn't really, but if you apply your sunless tanner and then you go outside in like midday, you're going to burn because you don't really want to put your necessarily sunscreen over product that hasn't quite set or dried yet. You might just be asking for mishaps or you might start sweating and then you kind of get like streaks or it just might not look great. So I would just let it dry for a couple of hours and then you could just rinse it off or do it in the evening and then rinse it off the next day and then just put, you know, your, your favorite body oil all over and then, and then, or actually one of my favorite things to do with my body sunscreen is if I know I'm going to be getting a lot of sunscreen or sun exposure after showering in the morning or taking my bath, whatever I feel like doing that morning, while my skin is still humid, I'll put a full body application on. And then I'll just reapply when I'm out. And then I make sure I don't miss any areas. Because like I said before, I'm a Fitzpatrick skin type two. I burn like nothing. So I got to make sure I don't miss any areas. Cool. Yeah, no, that, that's great advice. And how long do, do you find that your sunless tanner like lasts? Is it a couple days, a week? I'd say probably a good three to five days. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And typically what's in the bottles is good for like, about 10 full body applications. One thing I want to mention is the importance of protecting your lips. I mm. have this lip 
bomb on me. It's a mineral-based sun protectant. You can just email me if you want to get your hands on this stuff. Everything that I'm talking about uh, is available uh, through me. You just ask me and I'll hook you up. But I always have this uh, mineral-based sunscreen and also this sunscreen in my handbag on the go. I have it in my purse. I do not leave it in my car because then it's going to heat up and melt and all sorts of gross stuff. So when I put my lip sunscreen on, I do this throughout the day because when you eat, you drink, you're wiping your mouth. And then if you've seen women in their 50s, 60s and beyond, they get all these lip lines, right? I, I do think that's a contributing factor. It's also from the muscles around the mouth, you know, creating that pursing or side sleeping is like the worst thing ever for creating vertical nasolabial fold lip lines. This is really attractive, me squishing my face. But any basically vertical line on your face is is actually a sleep line. So I'll put this product on my lips and then I'll actually put it over my lips a little bit beyond so that I'm making sure that I'm getting that uh, sunscreen top up there throughout the day. Mm, that's a really good point. Yeah. I've been carrying around a um, an SPF 40 lip balm, but I'm going to have to get my hands on the Tizo because that stuff is amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's done wonders for reason. Yeah. Yeah. Mineral based. So I um, kind of want to jump ahead to one other kind of beauty hack uh, that is very popular in the summer. And of course, that is hair removal. And I can't even tell you how frustrating it is to have to shave every couple of days. So what are your thoughts around a hair removal cream? And I personally have found that they've always seemed a little risky because they've got so many chemicals in them. So I have stayed away. Okay, cool. So so your, your thoughts are sort of in alignment with mine. It's just kind of don't, don't even try. Well, if you think just think about this for a hot second. If you're putting something on your body and it's killing your hairs, mm -hmm. what else is it doing? Yeah, exactly. Probably not great for you. Exactly. That was always my rationale. But you know, you get tempted when you you see all your friends using it. And then you see, you know, all the celebrities using it. And you're like, well, it must not be that bad. But yeah, it, it's burning your hair off. So it's clearly g doing something to, to your internal. Chemically breaking down your hair. But for some reason, not your skin, or is it? But for sure, it's getting absorbed. And those things stink. Mm -hmm. They are terrible smelling, yeah. I totally remember in middle school doing it between my brows. Oh, my gosh. And you know how when we grew up that so many of us had, like, brows like this? Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like a razor between your brows. Oh, wow. I, had I wish I knew childhood. middle school Rachel because <laughs> she sounded like a blast. <laughs> like orange skin, sunless tanner, gone awry, putting hair removal cream in between her eyebrows. Oh, Rachel. Probably the half of it. I had, <laughs> I had a pro, actually, because I have very thick curly. This this episode is going places, I tell you. I love where it's going. Keep it, keep it coming. So full on fro. I used to cut my own hair. I used to dye my own hair. It was Caribbean mahogany at one point. That was the color on the back of the box. Mm -hmm. It was very cool. And I had a fro. And actually my hair growing up was like probably the thing I was most self-conscious about. Like imagine mm -hmm. being this young girl with super crazy curly frizzy hair. Yeah. My sister cut it all like super short and I need the weight. Like I have a lot of hair. That's why I can do so many cool things with it now because I figured out how to work with it. Mm -hmm. But when it's short, it just like it doesn't have the weight and it's it's full on afro. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just kind of does its own thing, right? (laughs) You're like, okay, we're going to go left. And it's like, no, 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 we're going right. (laughs) So it took me a while to kind of figure out how to tame the mane, if you will. (laughs) You know, it's the curly hair. Like, hair, it is a sign of health for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But we want it like here and on our eyebrows and on our lashes, but not really anywhere else. So laser hair removal options, I would say... Um, definitely as like a chemical free way to remove your hair is using lasers. Mm. However, the best time to get your hair removal is actually in the fall and winter when you're not having sun exposure, believe it or not, because certain methods of hair removal. Um, so say for example, that comment that we had come in earlier of someone that had a Spanish background, they wouldn't be a good candidate for certain types of hair removal devices. So they you know, have to be really careful about that because you can definitely get burned from laser hair removal devices. You need to go places where there's, you know, professionals that are wielding the machines. Some hair removal lasers are going to be less effective than others. So I do recommend medical grade lasers that you're going to get where there's nurses, where there's physicians involved, not so much the ones at like the studios and salons that uh, might not be as, as effective. Uh, so I work with like $140,000 lasers. Other people in different studios or salons, they might get their hands on like a $20,000 laser. The other thing is you don't know if that laser is actually a counterfeit laser or not. And a lot of times when people are opening up their own laser hair removal uh, salons and spaces, they don't know this. They're like, oh, this one seems like a good deal. I see that this person has it in their clinic, but I can get it here for like twenty grand. But they don't know it's counterfeit. So word to the wise, use your wise discernment, go to clinics where you feel like you're getting well taken care of by uh, regulated healthcare professionals. That would be my PSA because laser hair removal and burns from laser hair removal is a thing. It can definitely happen. Some methods are better than others. So in a nutshell, I want you to really focus on your laser treatments and your laser hair removal treatments in the fall and winter so that you have a lower risk of developing hyper or hypo pigmentation from slight injury to the skin which can be caused by the lasers so you can get more higher rates of side effects if you get your laser hair removal done in the spring summer that's really really great advice and also another thing that um, i'll just kind of like a jumping off point is you know you if you book a one-on-one consultation with rachel she will actually look at your zip code and she will give you the right clinicians in, you know, beauty and aesthetics and laser hair removal that you have worked with or you know of. It has like a really good reputation. So yeah, that's just kind of another. All over. Yeah. Just, so that's just like another bonus to like think about when you're when you're doing this because there are a lot. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. I mean, I can't even tell you how many hair removal places, I don't know if all of them are open right now, but there are a ton. And sometimes it can be really frustrating for the end consumer. So it was really nice to have somebody like yourself to be able to walk people through that. So just Mm -hmm. wanted to throw a little PSA out there as well. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's great. And I was just going through my plastic surgery uh, nursing journal that I was published in last year. And then I'm writing another article for the journal but they were sharing in an article that the highest rates of rates of side effects from aesthetic procedures, a lot of them are actually from lasers. Wow. So be very uh, careful who you go to. I don't recommend going the Groupon route. That's mm-hmm. basically, uh, you're kind of just asking for subpar technologies. 
Yeah, that's great for a massage, but I don't know if I would necessarily uh, do that for a, some type some type of medical like you know device machine. So, yeah. very very good stuff. Um, and then finally, what are some of the best products that you would use post hair removal? So let's say it's the fall, you do this you know hair removal laser with yourself or or you know another practitioner, and then you come home. What do you do? Mm -hmm. Moisturize. Yeah, I would say that almost the same thing goes with after you've shaved your legs, because some of us will have blonde hairs, which aren't going to respond to laser hair removal. There has to be a little bit of pigmentation in the hair, like a little bit of brown, just a little bit of pigment for the laser to grab onto and then help to disable that hair follicle, because the light travels down the hair into the like the bulb, right? And then it deactivates it. And you do want to keep the skin well hydrated afterwards. You also don't want to have uh, vigorously exfoliated or use any photosensitizing agents like a retinol on the area you're going to be getting removal on just to um, make sure your skin is, is stable and it's not going through sort of an active phase of recovery. I just like to keep the skin well hydrated and moisturized with either my favorite body oil or say I've just had some hair removal and you definitely have that what's called a, a positive clinical endpoint, which can be a little bit of like an ant bite around a little red raised area around where that follicle was disabled. Then you want to maybe be using something a little bit richer, for example, like a post-recovery uh, balm that you would use on the face after some type of other laser rejuvenation uh, treatment. So yeah, just just send me your questions direct directly. Email me. I check my own email info at rachelvarga.ca. I'm happy to uh, make some specific recommendations for you because it's it's absolutely different for everybody. Yeah. Well, that in a nutshell is just fantastic. I mean, we went really down the the Rachel Varga rabbit hole today. I learned so much about yourself and I learned so much about just how to look great and also really take care of your body throughout the summer and into the fall, you know, and uh, I hope that a fall skin camp will be on the way too. Cause I think there's a lot of really great information that you can share about how to keep your fall, your skin looking just as fresh in the fall. Yeah. So it's kind of like the back to school and then mm. winter skin camp. So those are come next coming down the pipeline, depending on when you're listening. So in this episode, we learned all about sunscreen, sunless tanners, how to apply your sunless tanner, what to avoid. You're welcome. And how to use the right amount, how to get the right amount of sun to really get those vitamin D synthesis benefits, all of that. You know, sometimes it really just does feel pretty awesome to lay out in the sun, feel the heat, get that warmth, right? I know I do. It just feels really good for me. Go outside with my book. I might bring, you know, some of my favorite decks with me might have, you know, like a nice dry farm wines cocktail or like 100% agave tequila cocktail. I tend to do better with those types of um, uh, beverages. But, you know, just feel good. Enjoy the summer. Just enjoy it a little bit safer. Mm -hmm. So where can people find you, Katie? 
Yeah. So you can head over to YouTube and um, just type in Katie type A, one word, and hit subscribe. And I put out weekly videos every Thursday on all biohacking products that I have tried and tested myself. And then I provide my honest reviews with you guys. So you can find me there and on Instagram at Katie type A. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And we're kind of regulars on each other's YouTube channel. I have one as well. So go ahead and subscribe to me too. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of joking the other day of, you know, when we can start to go to events and conferences. I need to put money on this that we're going to have our own spot at a conference and it's going to be awesome. We got you with the biohacking and then myself with like the beauty and rejuvenation stuff and having like this live dialogue on stage, I think would be so much fun. And I really look forward to that. It's got to be in the California area. Oh, I love yeah. California. It's like my first place I'm going out. Well, I'm just going to put it out in the universe. I mean, I think that's how the secret works. So we're just, we're going to manifest that. And girl, I'm right there with you. I'd be, I'd be so stoked to be on stage with you. Yeah. 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 So I, I just kind of wonder like how many people just started laughing out loud during this episode at me. <laughs> I, you know, please email info at rachelvarga.ca if you laughed and, and tell us how many times you laughed. Cause uh, yeah, I mean, we just, we, this is us. Like we actually just hang out um, outside of doing podcast interviews and we just talk and we laugh. And it's like this, our relationship started as a result of the quarantine. And so even though I, you know, the quarantine has been a really trying time for so many people, it's also been a time of coming together. And so Rachel and I connected a couple months ago and we have stayed friends and it's like, it's just always so wonderful to be able to collaborate and to share our knowledge because when we're working, we kind of do our own thing and we are learning every single day. And then we come together and we bring stuff together that we've, you know, to share of things that we've learned and then we share it with you guys. And so it's just, it's just such an amazing kind of, you know, um, osmosis, I guess, of sorts that, uh, that we're able to, to kind of collaborate and bring this all stuff for you. And I hope you have fun listening. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of like one of the things I'm sort of okay with is like people laughing at my expense. <laughs> I've always kind of wanted to be a comedian, but my mom's like, you're, you just laugh at all your own jokes. So you're not, you wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, you know what the best is when my family can't tell I'm joking. Oh yeah. Because I have a super dry sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And I, someone I met with recently um, they're like, oh yeah, I heard you on a podcast and you said that you were 60. It's like, how did you not know I was kidding? <laughs> but I guess I said it in such a serious way. Like, oh gosh, that's amazing. That. Yeah. You should be like, I'm actually 19. Um, so it's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, yeah. guys, thank you so much for joining us. This was a really, um, comical episode, but in all seriousness, you guys got to know how to put on yourself tanning properly, your self tanning products properly use safe products, use safer sunscreens, uh, to be beautiful, radiant, it's all about really keeping your body free of toxins, looking good, feeling good, keeping your physical and energetic sides to you healthy and clear and all of that good stuff. So if you enjoy this, which I hope that you had a good laugh, that was our intention for this to be just really fun and entertaining. This is, this is educational information. It's obviously not medical advice. Uh, so always seek 
uh, you know, information from your physician. If you think you have a possible skin cancer or anything else, do PSA, do get your moles checked out. I definitely had one pop up right uh, when lockdown happened. So that's why next month I'm getting a full body scan. Start to get in tune with different changes in your skin. If you're noticing more photosensitivity, more hyperpigmentation happening, why is that? Are you maybe taking supplements or medications or eating in a certain way that is causing that to happen? And I'm happy to sit down with you and go through a one-on-one -on -one consultation and help you discover sort of what you can be doing to help you age really well in a way that's specific for you. And that can include what you're doing at home with your medical grade skincare routine, other things like dermal rolling, red light therapy, lifestyle modifications, different uh, options for really testing instead of guessing. And then also, um, you know, what you could be doing in the clinics. And there's so many great providers out there that really do their best to learn and care about you know, the, the care that they're providing, but there's also a lot that don't and they're in it for the money. So I kind of give you the tips and tricks to help you discern using your wise discernment, how to find really great rock star clinicians near you, because there's lots of really great people doing, um, you know, similar things that I'm doing, but I really like to kind of blend that holistic science and beauty aspect to it. So Katie type A, it was fantastic having you back on the show here. Thank you so much. It was such a blast. Uh, this conversation was really fun and, and very informative. So thank you. Yeah, looking forward to Summer Skin Camp round two coming up. Registration is starting uh, right now. And we are going to be going live in round two within a week. So make sure that you register now so that you don't miss out on, you know, shooting in live because that's actually the coolest part of the mm -hmm. program is having those live, that live Q&A with me, hey? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and all the health experts that you bring on board and being able to talk to them in real time and asking your real questions. It's just, it's really one of those programs that you will never forget. So I would highly suggest you guys jump on that ASAP because I know that there are only a couple spots left. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And we dive into way more than what we do. In oh yeah. Because it's more specific and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so much fun with all of you who tuned in live and left your questions. We answered each and every one of them. I appreciate each and every one of you for subscribing to the podcast, the YouTube channel, liking the Facebook page, following at Rachel Varga official on Facebook and Instagram. Love you guys so much. And until next time, be happy, be healthy, be radiant, wear your sunscreen, and don't make the same mistakes that I made with my soundless tanners. <laughs> Bye, everyone.